picture. What star is that? What's up, world? Peace to the planet. It is Adisa. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are listening to Side Life Radio, and this is the Bishop Chronicles. What's really going down? I am your host, Adisa, the Bishop of Hip Hop, a.k.a. the Black Dragon of the West Side, a.k.a. Zato Ishii, a.k.a. the South Bay Shogun, a.k.a. the Iron Hook Assassin, a.k.a. Uncle House Shoes. You like that, huh? Uncle House Shoes? That's real West, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, MMA, and health and fitness trends. Man, trying to keep you fit, trying to make sure you look good. You know what I'm saying? Yo, nobody out there is lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like the Bishop of Hip Hop. So thank you for taking the time to listen in today. I hope your day is good, man. I hope your day is cracking. You know what I'm saying? Um... Let me be clear. If this is your first time listening in, understand. Bishop Chronicles, it may not be the best thing. But it sure enough is the worst thing. I said it sure enough is the worst thing. That's right. We out here, West Coast, man. I don't care if it's still raining. We about to put them khakis extra creased on, right? You know what I'm saying? About to put that nine in our waistline as we barbecue by the pool. That's what we do out here. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 what's really going down. But seriously, 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 seriously. I do thank you guys for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I hope that this is a fantastic week for you. You know what I'm saying? Please do me a quick favor. And my man, Mike Realm, he's my producer. What's up, Mike? Salute you, player. Huh? You the real MVP. You. Um, But really, uh, my esteemed producer and I, we need a favor from you. You. I need you to go subscribe to this show on iTunes, Spotify, or Mixcloud. iTunes, Spotify, or Mixcloud. And if you sign up on Mixcloud or iTunes, I need you to do me an extra favor and leave a comment about the OG, man. Just like, yo, you know what I'm saying? It's a dope show, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And when you do that, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Help me out. You know what I'm saying? Lace, Lace the OG one time. Come on, you know I'll be sprinkling everybody. I'll be sprinkling y'all. Sprinkle back, sprinkle back. It's reciprocal, man. That's the word of the day, reciprocity. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, and please, if you like this show or any other show, just share it with one person. You ain't got to send it to all your contacts. Not Just one person. Post it on your Facebook. You know what I mean? Be like, yo, y'all should listen to this. It's hella good. You know what I mean? Do me that favor. Do me that favor. And um, if you want to talk to the Black Dragon of the West Side, you know what you got to do. Go on to Instagram, IGZ, and just follow at Real Hip Hop Chess. You know what I'm saying? Then you can hit me. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I'll hit you back. You know what I'm saying? Um, Heartbeat props time. Heartbeat props are where we give people who are alive props for having a good impact in our life. And I implore you, the listener, to call three people, speak to each one for at least five minutes, where you thank them and be specific about why they have uh, impacted your life um, in a positive way. 
And so the idea for Heartbeat Props really came from Digital Underground, who made a song called Heartbeat Props on their second album. Although my favorite song off that second album was It's a Good Thing That I'm Rapping. Hey, hey, yo, It's a Good Thing That I'm Rapping, Digital Underground, one of the most underrated story raps in the game and hell of a beat. Come on, man. Ridiculous. Um... So my heartbeat props, one is a group, a quick group of three. Normally I do three. I'm going to do one group of three like right now. Uh, Well, really, it's a bigger group than that. I'm giving heartbeat props to all of the women playing in the U.S. chess championships that are happening right now in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay? St. Louis is the unofficial chess capital of the world. As you know, uh, the OG was, you know... uh, heavily involved at the World Chess Hall of Fame, uh, you know what I'm saying, when we did um, an exhibit out there a couple years ago on chess and hip-hop. And the, 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 the St. Louis Chess Club was across the street from the World Chess Hall of Fame, you know? And it's a beautiful city. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the central west end of, of, of St. Louis is a little hoity-toity. It's a little, you know, you know puffing on them... Uh, cigars again and whatnot but it's beautiful and that chess center and that world chess hall of fame are fantastic go on youtube you can watch the u.s chess championships for free but the real people that when i said three the people i'm trying to give props to are jen shahadi okay uh, a fantastic grandmaster in her own right and just such a fantastic human being the way that she does so much uh, philanthropic stuff with chess, right? She's also a crazy poker player. But her, Yasser Sirawan, what's up, Yasser? I see you, player. You always so insightful and so mellow. I don't know how you stay mellow. I need, train me. And then uh, Maurice Ashley, you know, the first black grandmaster in chess. And he is fantastic. The way that they break these positions down, you really need to just tune in, watch it by yourself, watch it with your kid, whatever. Check it out on YouTube. Um, I've been especially impressed by the games of Irina Crush with a K and uh, Timor Gareev. He was he was he was the first grandmaster to come on the mats with the OG, bro. Hey hey, Timor Gareev slammed my boy Kamal hella hard. I was showing him some jujitsu, which you know what? Timor said he trained at Gracie Baja in Houston a little bit. And so we're going over stuff, but you kind of forgotten the ground stuff. And he was like, I also know a little judo. Now, I should have known when he said that, that he had real judo. Bro, my boy Kamal was there. I was like, all right, show me the throw you got. And so when he was on the ground, he was like, oh, I'm not sure if I do this, if I do that. He grabbed my boy Kamal was like, what? I? <laughs> Remember that Kamal? He was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> anyway, props to everybody involved. Happy for you. And I thank you for the inspiration that you give my class because I play some of your games during class uh, when I teach and and the kids are pretty impressed by it and whatnot. The other person I want to give props to is the rapper Immortal Technique. Now, if you are not familiar with Immortal Technique, I have just laced you. You should check him out. Uh, I suggest you start with a song called The Fourth Branch, then go to Harlem Streets. I love Harlem Streets because Harlem Streets reminds me of the Mission District in San Francisco. No joke. And um, another song I really like by his is Point of No Return. Uh, You can check those out on SoundCloud or YouTube as you wish. 
I hadn't spoken to a model technique in about four years, and he hit me up out of the blue on IG. We just, you know, we started chopping, man. It was good, man. It was good, you know, because a lot of rappers, especially even these political ones that you be believing are really trying to do good, they not, bro. They just trying to sell you records, dog. They just as basic as 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 some of these mainstream rappers that y'all don't like. Like seriously, they're just as basic. Uh, but you know, man, Immortal Technique was 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 building orphanages in Afghanistan when it was unpopular. Has it ever been popular? It's not, but he's really been that dude. And so it was good to reconnect with him. We talked about, you know, I can't really tell y'all what we talked about. Just know that uh, Immortal Technique is doing a lot of good in the world and and uh, I appreciate him reaching out. What's up, Technique, bruh? I need you on the Bishop Chronicles. When you, you know what? Go, go, go on IG. I think his, is it Tech Immortal? Go look him up. I think it's Tech Immortal and be like, get on Bishop Chronicles and go to the Bay, dog. That's what you need to tell him. So now what have I been up to? Um, You know what? Working out, meditating. I've really been getting back into my meditation. I'd, I'd gotten away from it. I was meditating on the train and I normally get off at uh downtown Berkeley. You know, I get off at downtown Berkeley or North Berkeley uh, to go to school where I teach. And, <laughs> bro, like I was in this sick meditative state, meditating to bi- some binaural beats. We've talked about that. These these beats that you put in your headphones and they and they and they help um, they help trigger certain parts of the brain. And I got into this meditative state, and I came out of it <laughs> in Orinda. At the Orinda stop. I was like, what? I was gone. But I'll tell you what, meditation, that meditation and the inner peace that I got from it, it stayed with me all day. It was only 20 minutes, maybe. All day. I do transcendental meditation. As you know, I I also do several other kinds of meditation, but TM is like my cornerstone way of meditating. And when I meditate TM to binaural beats or Tibetan bowls, Tibetan bowls are are amazing. Man, I be gone. So that was dope. Uh, and in fact, when I finish this, this, this show, I'm about to go meditate. Uh, Diet-wise, I've been eating. Oh, so I flipped it. Okay. So I leaned out to like 195 and then I wanted to bulk up. So I'm still eating pretty much a pescatarian diet. I hate that word pescatarian. We've got to find a better word than that. But basically it means you eat veggies and fish. Every once in a while I'll eat some beef, but very rare, very rare. Um, But what I did do, and when I say rare, I mean maybe eat beef once a week, maybe. I'm pretty close to vegetarian. But what I did do is because I wanted to put on weight, I'm about to make all the veggie people hella pissed. I picked up carnivore mass by Muscle Meds. Carnivore mass. It's this big 25-pound bucket of chocolate sauce powder. And bruh, when I went to my competition, I was 208. Huh? You wonder what's a black dragon boy? The guns in Navarone are right here waiting for you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Now, some people might say, oh, well, you know, you over here uh, doing all this vegetarian stuff, but then you put in like animal protein. Hey, yep. That's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing, partner. And you know what? It's working. Have you seen the OG? <sighs> the Black Dragon of the West, he's real. When you see, you know, you'd be sitting at night and the moon goes out. That's because the Black Dragon of the West, when I expand my wings, I make it all black, baby. It's all black. 
Anyway, uh, I've been doing that. And really, I'm trying to tell you the best way to cut weight. People don't listen to the OG, but I speak truth. Holler at a scholar when it comes to this stuff, man. Um, I mix Tiquan Yin with green tea. There was a study done on green tea and oolong tea, which is what Tiquan Yin is. It's a strain of oolong and to see if green tea made you lose weight faster than oolong. And what they found was that a combination of both was better than either alone. So I drink green tea. I put a little bit of MCT oil in it, just like a teaspoon. Don't put more than a teaspoon. You will hurt yourself. And lemon juice. But now I start scraping in lemon shavings. The benefits of lemon shavings and the peel in your in your drinks, your hot drinks is massive. Don't sleep on that. From everything from osteoporosis to fighting cancer, it's a really big deal. So and also note that when I when I shout out like Carnivore Mass by Muscle Meds, like they don't give me money. Do you? Y'all don't give me nothing, bruh. You could lace me. I'm not gonna stop you. But now I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? So when you whenever you hear me shout out anybody, it's because I actually I fucks with it. You know what I mean? Um but in a full disclosure about oh, I'm talking all this health shit, man. I'm still struggling with my sugar, man. Uh Yesterday, I was stressed out. I, I think I told you on the last show, I realized that because of some trauma that, that I took on when I was about four, I ate a lot of chocolate when I got really scared. And so now I've noticed that um, sometimes I do want, sometimes I do want like sugar, but now I have to reassess when I want sugar, do I have a fear somewhere in my head that is making me desire this sugar, like basically pouring sugar on my fear, pouring sugar on my pain. And so um, I have fallen a few times this week eating a lot of sugar. I had some donuts one day, like an apple fritter and a big ass uh, 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 cinnamon roll. And then the other day, um, I I ate like some EL fudge the 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 not EL fudge but it was the Keebler it was the you know them them shortbread joints with the chocolate on them bro I'll eat a whole thing of those like in like 15 minutes like it's not cool the only okay thing about the fact that I'm having these sugar binges is that they are happening in this window where I'm intermittent fasting so my window is 12 to 8 I eat in that window I shouldn't have that I should be eating way cleaner than that and I know that I have like I got I struggle with self-mastery in that regard. And that's why I'm doing more meditation and trying to do more yoga because I've got to master that. That is a big deal. Um, I think the reason why I still got a six pack and you can't stop the guns of Navarone from being so devastating is because I am holding to the fast in general and I'm drinking tons of water and tea and I'm pushing that sugar out of my body, but it shouldn't really go in. Not like that. Not like that at all. Normally, what I just told you I eat, I'll only eat on a Friday, which is my cheat day at best. And now I've just kind of totally fallen off. So, you know, the reason why I'm telling you this full disclosure part is because trying to stay healthy is hella hard. And, and, and you know, as much as we may try to, hold on. As much as we may try to be perfect, we're just not perfect. You're going to slip. Don't hate yourself. But just get back up and do it. I mean, even though I'm making the excuse like, oh, you're only doing it in the window. Still, blood, what are you doing? I shouldn't be doing it. Um, what am I listening to? What am I listening to? Um, <clears throat> I've been listening to love songs again. You don't know Deez is a romantic, do you? 
that part of the OG, save for a select few. What am I listening to? Russ, Falling in Love. Mm-hmm. Not a new song, but it's dope. DeBarge, I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's old school stuff. See, all y'all youngsters, all y'all sing about is just straight boning each other. Just boning. What happened, man? What happened to love, bro? You, 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 you're not trying to seduce nobody? You're not trying to just vibe? No? Just straight to the bone? Okay. The OGs, that's not how it rolls. Um, lo-fi all day, every day. Chill hop all day, every day. Um, there's a channel that I found. I think I mentioned before. I think it's called like Smoke and Study. As you know, I don't smoke. But I do study. That's me juggling. Juggling. Turn table turn. With the elbow. I smoke and I study. I just said I smoke, but I don't smoke. I study, but I don't smoke. That was my point. Disregard everything, but go find that channel on YouTube. Uh, and then I think the other one I listened to is called Chilled Cow. And so that's, yeah, that's where I've been lounging, man. That's my zone. Um, also, I came across an EDM song. I know a lot of people hate that music, but I found this one by Cascade featuring Elsie called Disarm You. That song is the shit. That shit is dope. And now I'm about to throw y'all the curve. Check me out. Check me out at the top of the, at the, top of the mound. And here comes the wind up. And there's the pitch. And I knocked it out of the park myself. Bugs Bunny style. Um... Everybody's going to start talking about this dude after I say his name on the podcast. Um, remember that the OG told you first. Go on YouTube, look up Chevalier de St. George. He was a violinist. He's called the Black Mozart. I've been listening to uh, his concerto in G major. Fucking beautiful. This dude is old school, like 1700s. Black Mozart. Chevalier because I know your ass can't spell it, is C-H-E-V-A-L-I-E-R, Chevalier. Now, you know what? You know what I hate? I hate when people lace you but don't tell you where they got it from because that's what they always do to the OG. So just to show you my integrity, dog, my integrity, I'm going to tell you who laced me. Ash Heru, the rapper. Who's Asheru? Have you ever watched The Boondocks? Yeah. Well, when you listen to The Boondocks, you know the song at the top? Yeah. That's Asheru, dog. That's Asheru. Shout out to all the homies in D.C. Asheru, Mozzie, whole squad. West Coast love always. Um, Yeah, Asheru taught me about Chevalier. Straight up. What am I watching? The Power of Nightmares. I mentioned it in the last episode. And I said, you know what, man? I need to just re, you know, sit back with that again. If you want your mind blown and get a real understanding of what's happening in modern uh, global politics, man, you need to be peeping The Power of Nightmares. The other one is a much long, it's a BBC documentary that's on YouTube. The other one that's really big, but it's a must watch. And it's going to feel like a medium pace, like you're not really going to be peeping it. Trust when I tell you that watching Century of the Self, another BBC documentary, is crucial for you understanding today's modern media madness. If you don't watch that, then you really will never understand the roots of why so much disinformation is in your world every second of every day, especially in America, especially throughout the West. 
If you really want to understand what these Russian campaigns inside Facebook and all that stuff, where did they start? They started with these ideas that come out of the century of the self. You must watch those. That is not a joke. Okay. And like people, you know, look, I really want to be clear about this. Okay. I talk to you guys about different books all the time. I talk to you guys about different documentaries all the time. Why do I do that? Because I don't want you, anybody ever idolizing me. I want to give you the knowledge and you take it and run with it on yourself. Anything I tell you, go research because I might be wrong. I'm probably not, but I want you to research it. Because I might be wrong. There might be an insight. There might be a section I missed. That's why I tell you to read these books on Islam. That's why I tell you to read these books on spirituality. I try to tell you to read these books on stoicism, right? Book of five rings, whatever. You may find something I can't find. But I don't come here to give you answers. I come here to give you tools for you. Whether they're health and fitness tools, whether they are hip-hop tools, whether they are jujitsu tools, stoic tools, I'm just going to give you these tools, you feel me? But it's not a really about you coming to me for the answer. Come to me for tools that you will use for your answers. For real. That's what Bishop Chronicles is really about. Uh, what am I reading? Still, The Essential Rumi. I'm lying. This week, I really didn't read. It was uh, scattered. I should read today. Uh, the Essential Rumi by Coleman Barks. I'm all, listen, I know, oh, you still talking about that book? Yeah, bro, I'm still talking about that book. Shut your ass up. It's my podcast, damn it. Talk about whatever book you want on your podcast, and I'll listen to that. Uh, so now, we're going to talk, you know, sometimes, like, you know, the last few shows have been kind of heavy, you know, uh, looking at, you know, Syria, looking at, the Christchurch massacre, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of wanted to lighten it up a bit, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to lighten up and just tell some stories. OG West Coast Hip Hop Stories. Welcome to your episode of OG West Coast Hip Hop Stories with Adisa Banjoko, the Black Dragon of the West Side. So, oh, I'm lying. You know what I want to talk to you about? I want to talk to you about some new hip hop I've been listening to. So... Chief Keef has a new song called uh, Old Heads and Regretful Hoes. <laughs> it's hard for me to just say that without laughing, bro. <laughs> Old Heads and Regretful Hoes by Chief Keef featuring Lil Pump. Hella funny. Don't tune in listening for hella bars, but it's a fun listen and the beat's dope. Now, another song I like, which is on SoundCloud is Nakel, N-A-K-E-L. Really dope song. It's called Nobody Dies, You Just Can't Touch Them. It's really, man, you know, I got to say, like, for whatever critiques hip-hop gets, one of the things that we do not give props for enough, there's a lot of things that hip-hop does not and has not gotten props for. It'll be another 50 years before people actually respect hip-hop for the therapeutic elements and the educational elements in it. For real. You know, when you're dealing with hip-hop, rap music is the only form of music on the planet where a good portion of it, its intent is to make the listener smarter at the end of the song than when they walked into it. Think about that. Rap music does that. 
You come into a song like Straight Outta Compton, where do you live? You live in Ohio. Where do you live? You live in France. Where do you live? You live in London. And now you know what it's like to live in Compton. Only hip hop can do that. Only hip hop can take a kid from uh, 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 Colorado to the South Bronx. Boogie down Bronx, boogie down Bronx, boogie down, boogie down Bronx, boogie, 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 boogie. Uh, man Parish. Look that up. It's two N's in the word man. Man Parish. Anyway, what I'm saying is hip hop, rap music can do that. We make you stronger than you entered in. And, you know, the therapeutic part of it is no one really talks about how all of these young people rap about death so much and how they see it and how it makes them feel. You don't get that out of country. You don't get that out of rock. You don't get that out of jazz. I don't care. You don't get it. Some spoken word, possibly, maybe, but it isn't even, it doesn't have the same level of impact as rap. Nakel, nobody dies. You just can't touch them. You need to listen to it. Now, I don't want any of you OGs calling me talking about, oh, he ain't got hella bars like Rakim. Oh, he ain't spitting hella heavy like Technique, which you was just talking about. Listen. Listen to that boy's pain and acknowledge it. One of my favorite tracks right now is What's Free by Meek Mill, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, and there's somebody else who I'm forgetting. Please forgive me. That shit's fire. If you, Listen. Meek Mill's What's Free is why mainstream society fears rap music. If you're my age, you remember when rap music used to make the mainstream scared. That kind of song is why. That kind of song is why. Then I came across this really amazing track on YouTube by Tierra Wack. T-I-E-R-R-A Wack. W-H-A-C-K. The song is called Unemployed. First of all, bars. Bars. This girl can spit bars. Oh my God. So good. Unemployed. Hella good. Hella funny. Hella bars. If you're looking for a girl who can who can kick real shit on the mic, <sighs> Tierra Whack, unemployed. Um, and then you know, you know, I was just talking about pain. I want to I want to give a shout out. I was going to do a whole song on Keith Flint from Prodigy. And um you know, he committed suicide on March 4th and I wanted to acknowledge him because I love Prodigy. I love that first album especially. Um if you're unfamiliar, if you're one of the youngsters listening, listen to a song called Breathe by Prodigy, Firestarter, and the album in general called Fat of the Land. I love that song, man. I love what he contributed, right? Like when people talk about like all of the new branches of hip hop that exist, like it's hard to acknowledge, it's hard to talk about that rather and not acknowledge Keith Flint and not acknowledge Prodigy in that first album because that was some breakout shit. Production wise, rap wise, it was great. It was great. And you know, unfortunately, uh, he, ha- he hung himself. I don't know why. Okay, and I'm speaking to you as someone who up until November of 2018 uh, fought suicidal thoughts since the age of nine. And I don't have those thoughts anymore. All praise be to Allah. I don't have those thoughts anymore. It doesn't mean I don't get sad, but my sadness doesn't lead to the internal darkness that it used to. Okay, and um I say all of that to say, please check in with your friends sometimes, okay? Like more often. And especially the ones that look like they have it all together, you know? 
sometimes I talk to my friends and like they're having really hard times, but they don't say anything. And everybody's trying to keep a stiff upper lip. Everybody's trying to act like they're too hard. Everybody's trying to bury their sadness in bottles of alcohol, in weed, in Xanax, in syrup. And it's a problem. You know, I try to talk to the kids about this stuff all the time. This week, I was actually talking to some of the kids about it. So, one of the things, so one of the things, you know, I'll tell you guys a story. This is a true story about a kid that I used to know years ago. So, you know, fools be running around trying to do dope and stuff all the time with their homies and, and act like it's sweet out here. We're going to get high. We're going to do Zans. This is a true story of why you, one, really shouldn't be doing any drugs, period. Okay, but two, especially when you're young, you know, you be thinking that people are your friends when they're not your friends and you be thinking that you can trust people you really shouldn't trust. And when you get really high, when you get really drunk, you really put your life, your body in other people's hands that you shouldn't be. So there was a kid, kind of a loner, you know, and... Some some of the cool kids, one of the cool kids invited him to come to the house, play video games, and get high, you know, smoke some weed or whatever. So he said, okay. So this kid took him to the house of an adult who the loner kid really didn't know. And so they were, you know, playing video games, got high. Something else was in the weed. Still don't know what. When the kid woke up, he was partially naked and he had been raped. The adult had raped him and the kid that brought him there had left. That kid, that predatory kid, brought that loner kid over there to be sexually abused. You know, it made him so suicidal. It was so horrible and... um This type of stuff happens every day all across the country, man. You know. So if you're a parent or if you're a youngster and you're listening, please, please understand, youngsters, that like there are some really dark-hearted people out there. And they don't have your best interests in hand, you know. And whatever's making you want to get high or whatever, like. Try to just deal with that. Tell a friend, go get some therapy, use a 1-800 number, whatever, if you feel like you ain't got nobody to talk to, okay? But once you decide to get high, once you decide to get drunk with the people you're around, like, you're really putting your life in their hands. And if they have bad intentions, uh, you can't always stop what, what happens next, okay? And remember that. That's the bishop telling you that he really loves you, man, because I don't want nobody to feel like that kid ever again, you know? It's very, very crazy. You know, and especially for the young women, you know, uh, if guys are talking to you about drinking and smoking and doing Zans, you got to be careful because I guarantee you these young dumbass boys today have worse character than they did when I was in high school. And when I was in high school, their character was still shit. Now, story time by the West Side OG. So first, I'm going to tell you three times I almost got shot. The first time I almost got shot, 
my friend made an illegal U-turn on a street that had no traffic on it. And these police rolled up on us. And I didn't even think they were talking to us because we didn't really do anything. There was no, there was no cars on the street. Shorter Asian cop ran out in front of me and pulled his gun out. I had my hands in my pockets. I was wearing a Paris jacket. Paris, not Hilton. Paris was known as the Black Panther of rap. And he rapped often about, you know, Black Panther stuff, anti-cop stuff, whatever. And I had this jacket with this panther on the back that said Paris in red. This cop pulls it out. He puts it in front of me and like, my hands were in my pockets. I knew if I moved, he would have killed me. I didn't panic. I talked really relaxed. And I looked at him in his eye, even though he had his gun like less than a foot away from my 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 left eye socket. I was like, why is your gun out? I have not committed a crime. We told you guys to be to stop and you didn't listen to that. I said, we have not committed a crime. But I knew if I moved my hands, he was going to clap me without question. And after he did it, when I say it, after he did it, after he put his gun away, he was like, oh, you're wearing a black and red jacket like these gangs out in Pinol. So we thought you guys were gangsters. Bitch, you see this panther on my back. You know what it is. And that's why you did it. That shit really fucked me up inside. And so I decided that I was going to kill this cop. And I got a gun from a friend, a throwaway. A throwaway is a gun that people take the inside of the barrel and they kind of like scrape the insides out to fuck up the, uh, you know, the barrel tracings, like when the, when the bullet comes out for forensics. And... Um, I had learned some ways to kind of keep your, you know, to shoot a person in a way that you don't get caught is what I'm trying to convey to you. And I looked for that cop for several weeks, maybe a month. Because I knew what area we were in, so I knew he was patrolling. I never found him. By the grace of God, I never found him. And in between that time, So I put the gun away and a while after that, the LA riots happened and my father, knowing how radical I was and how angry I was, went into my room, found my gun, took it apart and threw it away. And he saved my life because I absolutely would have went out and did something fucking stupid. You know, none of y'all would know me because I'd just be getting out of the clink trying to work at McDonald's or some shit or not getting out at all. Second time, a friend, again, people got to watch who they call friends. This guy was a dick. Anyway, my parents had kicked me out. I went to his house. He said, come by. I I got to his house really late and he was drunk. And uh, he um, he owned two cars. I only knew him to have one car. But because he was drunk, he somehow assumed that I had vandalized his other car. And so I was asleep and he came into the living room with his gun out and I didn't even know he had a fucking gun. And he put that shit in my face. Only this time I didn't have a jacket on. But he was unsteady, man. And we got into this whole argument. He was he was he was playing like 21 questions with me about his other car. I'm like, "Blood, I don't even know you have What does it look like? What the fuck are you talking about?" Cuz someone had broken his window and he thought I did it. And um Crazily enough, right after that, he went back to his room and I went to sleep again. How the fuck do you go to sleep after some shit like that if your head isn't fucked up already? Um, 
By the way, me and that dude were never cool again, as you might imagine. And then, and this all happened in the same year to me, by the way. I was with my boy Jason. <laughs> we were at the, at, at, it's was, it was called the DNA Lounge or is it called Club DNA? You know what I'm talking about? De- uh, is it on Folsom Street? Anyway, I went there. We met some girls. We're like, all right, we're fixing to go to the house. Uh, and then we went to a Jack in the Box. I think it was over near Alamany or something. Anyway, there was this dude who was passed out in the front seat. You know, like when the, when the cars are lined up and then it's like, ding, ding, ding. Like, fuck, dude, this guy's not, you know, in the drive-thru. So we drove around him because he was passed out. Dude, this guy was on some weird shit. I don't know what he was on, but he gets out. He was like a, he was like an older, probably like Filipino dude. And so he starts telling my boy like, yo, like you disrespected me by going around me. It's my turn. And we, we like, you know, we were just getting ready to order some food. And then the dude was like, Nah, I don't order no food. Like, back up so I can go because it's my turn. And my boy's like, dude, you were passed out. That's why we went around you. It's not even like, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to order and you can get yours now. Blah, blah, blah. Bruh, dude pulls out this small, like, 22. And so my boy, Jason, uh, who went on actually to become a cop and, uh, like, you know, like uh, one of them task force type dudes, he could fight hella good. And he starts reaching for his... um, his seatbelt buckle, you know? And I'm sitting in the back of the car. So like he's on the driver's side. I'm sitting behind the driver and the two girls are on the passenger sides in the front and back. They start yelling at this dude. What the fuck is wrong with you, motherfucker? Fuck you. Fuck you in that gun. Blah, blah. And these two black chicks are going off. And I'm like, I'm telling them, I'm going, shut up, shut up, shut up. Because like, I know this dude's not right up top. Like, I know he's high and shit. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, he's high. You're going to make him fucking shoot, man. Shut the fuck up. So then um, I told my boy, I said, don't. I said, put your hands on the wheel, dog. He will squeeze that trigger hella times before you touch the fucking button. Put your hands on the fucking wheel. And then I was like, hey, hey, hey. I was like, we're going to back up. My boy's going to back up. Go get your food, dog. Get your food. And like, he would he would collapse. He'd be like, why are you disrespecting me? And his whole body would like shut down. And his head would hang. And it was like, he was like a scarecrow. And then like, he'd get charged. What? I told you, motherfucker. I was like, dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and we just bounced. She was crazy. Why am I telling you these stories? Because this is who you're listening to every time I give you a show. So when you hear me say shit, you got to understand. That was part of why I, I have this PTSD shit that I deal with. Okay? So those are just some silly stories I thought I'd share. Um, <laughs> um, so now I'm going to tell you some more rap-related shit. Uh, shout out to my man DJ Rob Flow. Check him out on YouTube and SoundCloud right now. DJ Rob Flow is one of the best DJs in the country and has been forever. I'm not saying that because he's my homeboy. You need to fuck with him. He can bust rhymes and amazing fucking DJ. As a DJ, y'all ain't gonna believe me. He's up there with Premier. Swear to fucking God, he's up there with Premier. DJ Premier from Gangstar. I said it. Specifically because his scratches are melodic. You know how hard it is for DJs to scratch melodic? Understand, I grew up going to Qbert's house. I made the second beat of my life at DJ Qbert's house. Shout out to Nim. Shout out to FM20. I'm not fucking around. I don't say I'm an OG for no reason. Bitch, I've been here. Qbert, Mixmaster Mike used to live down the street from my cousin Steve. 
Okay? Mixmaster Mike actually used to live down the street from me in Tahama Court. What's up, Mike? DJ Apollo used to live down the street from my cousin Steve in Daly City. All right? So I was lucky enough to grow up with the best fucking DJs on earth around me from day one. And Rob is one of those fucking DJs. Rob was DJing at the Stone. He had a girlfriend back then named Lina. Lina was always cool as fuck. Hella funny. So Rob was like, yo, you and Lina come to the show, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. The Stone was a, is a club that doesn't exist anymore on Broadway. And fuck, man. The Stone, like Metallica. The first show that I remember being at the Stone, where I knew it as a building, was Run DMC and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I had bad grades, so my parents wouldn't let me go. My boy Joe went. And I felt so pissed. Because I didn't know who the Red Hot Chili Peppers were. They were really unknown then. But fuck, man. The Stone was wild. If you went to the Stone, chances of getting beat the fuck up, high. Stabbed, possible. Shot, maybe. So, me and Lina go. And we did shows. We did shows at the Stone. Like, back when I was rapping Freedom Troop 187, we opened for Brand Nubian and Onyx. One show. I still have the flyer somewhere. We did a show. Who was it? It was like Mixmaster Mike, DJ Apollo, and Qbert with the coup and somebody else. We did a show with Fushnickens. I think that was a Fushnickens show. So anyway, we go to the stone. He's just DJing. And one of the things I learned from one of my security partners way back in the day was when you go into a building, it is important that you remember to um, know where the exits are. You have to know where the exits are. So I checked the exits. We went in. It was kind of a shady crowd. We went over to the turntable. Hey, what's up, Rob? Ah, da, 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 da. So then I said, Lina, come with me. We're going to hang, but we're going to hang by the exit because this crowd seems a little crazy. So I'm like, all right, cool. So she's like, let's go. So we go towards the exit and we're just kind of hanging out watching. As I'm going through this dude's shoulder checks me hard as fuck. Boom. Right in my chest. Like he don't give a fuck. So I was like, what the fuck? What say? Oh, wait, what? So I looked and he's in a triangle. There's this formation like in the clink that people use when they get ready to shank. It's like a triangle. It's like a V. Like they cut through and the guy who's going to do the stabbing is in the center, right? And the rest of the dudes just kind of bogart. They find their target, blap, and then they do their thing. So I was like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. We got to get, we got to get by this door. And so I'm trying to see them, but I can't really see them in the crowd. And, 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 and they're moving towards where Rob is, but they're like in the middle. And then, sure as shit, bap, bap, ah! Everybody starts running towards what? The exits. And we're like, cool, we're going to get out of here. We hit the exit door. It is chained from the outside. From the outside. Fuck. So now all of these people have ran into me and Lina. Our backs are to the door. And I I smiled at her and I said, hey, hey, hey. I said, the good news is we're not going to die today. And she's like, because ah, the pressure is on us. She's like, why? Why? She's shaking her head. Why? I said, because there's so many people in this room trying to fucking run out. If they get shot, everybody died before us. We're going to live, man. This, this shit's working. As soon as I said that, the chain on the outside of the door snapped from all of the pressure. Bink. I fall back into the alley and so does Lina. 
But there was another door, let's say 30 feet down in that same alley, also to the same club. And those people were already running down the hall. Dog, trampled the fuck up. Fell on my back. Motherfucker stepping on my chest, my face, my legs, my dills, bro. Getting trampled, bro. I roll over onto my stomach. They still on me. Arms, hands, head. Kicked in the face. Bink. Everybody knows me. I can't see without my fucking glasses. Glasses go flying in the alley. I get to my hands and knees. Now I'm tripping people who are running, right? They're stomping me back down. I'm taking, listen, that shit was terrifying as fuck. If you've ever seen The Lion King, dude, when Mufasa got trampled, dog, I shed an extra tear for myself. Because I know what that shit is like. And um, I finally got to my feet and got out. Then the police came and they was like, the fuck's going on? I, I, was, I went back into the alley. They're like, you can't go into the alley. I'm like, I can't fucking see, man. It was, a, it, was a, it was a lady cop. I was like, please. I said, I just want my glasses, man. That is the only reason. And then so uh, another cop started like doing his little flashlight thing. We found him. You know what I'm saying? Gave my shit, bro. Yo. So that's one hip hop story. From 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 the stone in San Francisco. Look that shit up. Legendary fucking club. Uh, but I almost died. Shout out to Rob Ski. Uh, Rob Flo. Both, you know. And brand new being at the Palladium. Went to the Palladium in LA. I was writing for The Source. I wrote this story. Uh, Mary J. Blige is on the cover. Ronan Rowe was the editor-in-chief, I think, at the time. And shout out to Ronan Rowe, blood. Salute you, dog. You know what I'm saying? If you really want to see some good fucking writing, look up Ronan Rowe. R-O, fool. Raw. Anyway, have gun, will travel. Anyway, what What was I going to tell you? So I go to the Palladium with Brand Nubian. And Brand Nubian, even though they were real as fuck from the, from the East Coast, bro, they were hella down. With with uh with 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 Grape Street Watts Crips, and so Grape Street Watts came to this show. It was brand Nubian. ODB was headlining, and some other people. I forget who the rest were. Oh, yo, that crowd was rowdy as fuck. Grape Street came in hella deep. Some of those Grape Street dudes had on baseball jerseys, like from the Warriors. If you remember the movie The Warriors, there was this one gang in the classic gang movie The Warriors where these dudes were dressed like baseball players. They had baseball jerseys, white baseball jerseys with purple and black pinstripes with a cluster of grapes that said Grape Street across them like they was a real team, dog. Terrifying as fuck. Then <laughs> Brent Nubian was upset at the sound, man. And I don't know if they told some of those Grape Street dudes to start fucking them up or if the Grape Street dudes just got pissed and was just trying to be down for Brand Nubian. Anyway, I think the dudes started getting beat the fuck down. They shut that whole shit down. Before that happened, I'm in an alley with ODB. He's drinking Tangeray. He sees me. If you ever see me with this white koofy, I got a white skull cap that I wear. I bought that while I was, when my parents used to kick me out a lot, <laughs> I would go stay with James Bernard and sleep on his couch. Shout out to James Bernard. Shout out to the original Source crew. Oh, oh. He used to live on Page Street. And so I bought this, this Tunisian kufi even before I was Muslim. I was headed towards Islam, but I wasn't yet Muslim. And I bought this kufi. I still wear it. And um, <laughs> blood, like, like he's even with the kufi on and ODB is like, What's up? You Muslim? I was like, yeah, I'm Muslim. And he was like, what? Peace, God. <laughs> he starts going off. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, like I knew what 5% 
philosophy and theology was, but I was just listening. Brother, I got to say though. So he's like, yo, cause I'm God. And I said, you God? And he's like, I'm God. And I looked at his hand cause he was holding a bottle of Tanqueray and he knew what I was implying. Like, why are you God? But if you need alcohol, what's that about? And then he was like, oh, what? And like, listen to me. In my whole life, I've never heard anyone from the 5% break down so much spiritual and like natural law science as ODB did in that drunk moment in that alley. And when I tell you that he was drunk, he was fucking drunk. Like I can barely walk drunk. And he was headlining. And so he broke down all this stuff and I was just looking at him like with this like ice grill rock him type face. And I was like, it's all good, man. And we just started talking. It was cool. Cam, West Coast Cam, not, not, not East Coast Cam, West Coast Cam. That's right. Look him up, dog. You ain't listening to Cam. This is why I can't stand some of y'all, bro. Um, Cam was in the alley. We started talking for a little bit. And then, man, ODB went up there drunk as all get out. And destroyed the Palladium. Yeah, because that's right. They started beating up the sound man. But then I don't know if they got a new sound man or if they didn't beat him up all the way. There was an issue with the sound man getting stolen or something. Stolen is a noun. It means punched without warning. It's a Bay Area term. Punched without warning. If you ever, hey, somebody, them niggas got stolen. That means like somebody got punched without warning. And my final story for the day isn't really a hip-hop story, but it kind of is. And it's a New York story. I always tell you, what do I tell you? West Coast stories. I got, I'm throwing two W's right now into the mic. West Coast stories. This is an East Coast story told in Harlem. No, this happened in Bed-Stuy. No, it happened on the train. Anyway, I go to New York to do a reading for a book that I was a contributing author to. It's called Be a Father, B-A-F, Be a Father. It's a great book. It's got me, Talib Kweli, uh, 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 Rhyme Fest, Davy D, all kinds of amazing people are in this book. And it's about fatherhood, right? So when I tell you again about how hip hop gets railroaded for being unintelligent, when it is in fact the most intelligent art form in the history of this earth, Somebody challenge me so I can slap your ass right now. It is the most intelligent form of music in the history of this earth. Man, go to this thing. We did an amazing reading uh, that April Silver, who was the editor of the book and organized the book, April Silver put this thing together. Uh, 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 uh. Man, it was it was such an amazing day. But like for real, like Kevin Powell, uh, 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 Chuck Creekmuir, the CEO of AllHipHop.com. We were all at this thing. Like I said, Rhyme Fest. Amazing stuff, right? So we come out of there and I, I was staying with my man, uh, 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 Dan Charnas. Dan Charnas, who's living in Harlem at the time. I think he still lives there anyway. Shout out to Dan Charnas. Uh, he wrote a dope ass book about hip hop and business called The Big Payback. Really fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I've been knowing Dan Charnas since the old Gavin Day. Shout out to Tim B. Sam Shaka. You know how we do. Anyway, I was in New York, right? And and so so Dan was like, what do you want to do today while you're here? You know what I'm saying? Because I was only really there for a day. And I was like, what do I want to do? He's like, what you want to do? I said, man, listen, I've always heard that New York pizza was the best in the world. I want you to take me on a pizza tour of this entire city all day. 
He's like, are you serious? That's some random ass, weird ass shit. I said, I want the pizza. Boy, we went all through there. Bleecker Street pizza, though. I'm putting my fist up so fucking high. That shit is so good. Bleecker Street pizza, man. Come on, dude. So good. But we went to hella places, bruh. More places than I can name right now. So after that, uh, Timbisa was like, come through to my place. I stay in bed stye I don't know what train we were on. This is the craziest on a train story I've ever. Look what happened, dog. So it's a hot night. You know what I mean? I don't remember where the, where we were. I think the church was in Harlem where we did the reading. But when that was over, <laughs> when that was over, we get ready to get on a train. It's a hot night, right? It's like, it's like, it's like 11 o'clock at night. So the train's pulling up and there's a guy. Remember in Darth Vader, when Darth Vader had this dude by the neck and was holding him up in the air? I swear to God, this dude who was big as fuck was holding this other dude by the neck with his left hand and just giving it to him with the right. As the train's slowly pulling up, boom, boom, boom. He must have gave him like five or six clean ones with his neck against the glass. Boom, boom. And so Dan had just had his appendix or some shit come out. So, you know, I don't give a fuck. I'm a jujitsu guy, but this is New York at midnight. And... I know Dan saw this dude getting fucked up. And Dan goes and gets on the train. I was like, man, Dan is hard as fuck. So we get on the train. And we we now see the guy who, who was getting grabbed by the neck. He's sitting down in a chair. And the guy who was knocking his ass around is sitting across from him, like, wording him up. Like, yo, son, listen. You know what I'm saying? When I tell a motherfucker I want my money, nigga. Give me my motherfucking money, nigga. And the dude is like, oh, I'm sorry. He's kind of like, because he's fucked up. He's half crying. He's half bloody. There are old people, young people, mothers, grandpas, abuelas, all on this train, not giving a fuck. No one's trying to get on the phone and call the front the front train guy. No, I was like, holy shit. So I'm like, Dan, let's go, let's go to the other train. Let's go to the other car. Cause I'm thinking about Dan, right? I'm thinking about if I get up and I start trying to thug out on some jujitsu shit, one, we're probably gonna get stabbed or shot. But two, this dude just had his appendix out or whatever. I can't have him get his scars stabbed up or beat up or socked. You know what I'm saying? Dan's a nice guy. I don't want that to happen. He's a homie. Man, look. Dan didn't give a fuck either. He was just as chill. And that's when I said, you know what? New York is hard as fuck. I do rep the West all day, and you know how we get down. But what I'm saying is, I recognized in that moment that the whole state was hard as fuck because no one cared about this dude getting his ass whooped at all. And um, we go to the next car. So we sit in there. And then one of the dudes that was with the guy that was beating the fuck out of the first guy comes into our car. You know, and he pulled the doors across, zoom, second door, zoom, and he comes through stumbling. <laughs> yeah, nigga. Yeah, he was whipping that nigga's ass, boy. He was whipping that nigga's ass, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that, that, you know what I'm saying? Hit that nigga again, boy. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't fuck around out here, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, holy shit. And then uh, he sits down, this other guy, and, 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 and Dan don't acknowledge him. I don't acknowledge him. Abuela don't acknowledge him. We chill it. And then look, this is real. This is fucking New York. We get to one stop. Like two stops later. I shit you not. 
15 of the dopest Dominican girls, all in short cutoff jean shorts and like tube tops and shit and tank tops and shit, they get on playing music and they just start dancing and talking and this Dominican chick sits down to me. She's like, hey. I'm like, hey, what's up? She's like, what you doing? Uh, chilling, me and my boy Dan. We just, oh, for real? She just don't even give a fuck. Me and my friends, it's her party. We going. Hey. I was like, holy shit. They turned the whole car for like two minutes into a goddamn house party, bro. And all I can say to myself is, I'm happily married. I need to get off this train. <laughs> They're all fine as fuck. Get me out of here. Um, and so me and Dan get off. And when we get off, the dude that came through those doors, he gets off with us. Like me and Dan are talking like da da da. And he's like, yeah, yeah. She was crazy, right? She was. And me and Dan both look at him like, man, we're not with you, man. Get the fuck out of here. And then he just kind of walks off. And that's my last story. Thank you for listening to Bishop Chronicles. This is farsidetv.com. You are listening to Side Life Radio. This is the Bishop of Hip Hop. This is Bishop Chronicles. Thank you for taking a uh, short journey with me through the madness that has been my life. I appreciate you for listening. Definitely feel free to pass this on to your homeboys. Follow the OG at Real Hip Hop Chess. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Mixcloud. Okay? And have a blessed week. And... um, it's a worldwide west side. Don't forget how we ride. Uncle House Shoes, I'm out. Teacher, what star is that? Don't think. Don't think. You are now listening to the.